Welcome back to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, With everything that's been going on over the last few days for the San Francisco 49ers, I believe that it was necessary that we had to bring in the big guns to discuss what is going on, uh, what a week it's been. Uh, So I am so glad to have voice of the San Francisco 49ers, Greg Papa, on the podcast. Greg, what is going on? What's happening? What's not going on, for one thing? Our whole world is upside. Wait a minute. Are you referring to me as a big gun? Like, oh. obviously, Al Guido wasn't available or Jed. Or, so you're going with a pop gun is what you're doing. You're going, going to going... Papa for just yeah. a little pop gun. I got you. I got exactly. You. We're going with the pop gun because if anybody knows <laughs> the 49ers, it is yeah. you. And I think you are the best person for us to help digest what is going okay. on this week. And how do the 49ers prepare for – uh, next five weeks that's full of unknowns yeah it is unknown I, I this is as far as I can determine the New Orleans Saints after Katrina Kiana had to relocate to San Antonio uh, the Toronto Blue Jays this baseball season were not allowed to play their games in Ontario Canada so they went to Buffalo the Toronto Raptors of the NBA are not allowed to play there so they're gonna go to Florida but those teams all and they were it was a, you know, it was a real ordeal for their organizations, I'm sure. But they had some idea that it was going to be the entire season. And those players could lease homes or buy homes if they wanted and bring their families, bring their pets, bring their dogs, bring their cats and their fish and, you know, have their cars there and set up a life for themselves away from, because they don't play these games or practice these games 24-7. It may seem that way to people, but they have other lives. So I, I can't uh, recall in the history of American sport. And other teams may have to adjust like this on the fly at some point. So we, we just may be the first, uh, but it's highly unusual. It's been the most unusual set of circumstances any of us have had to live through, obviously. And to play a season in the midst of a pandemic in all these sports has been bewildering for me at times and also fascinating and gripping but uh, this news on Saturday and I I went down to practice because it was Thanksgiving so I didn't have to work the radio show I went down and was with the team on Friday for Black Friday's practice and then the walkthrough on Saturday before they flew to LA and uh, then right after it just started to come down that when they land in LA they got to play this game and then they they can't go back home or they can but they got to go back out so it's just it's really unusual, but I will say this, that, that game, that performance against the Rams, in light of everything that was swirling around in their, in their lives, collectively and individually, what an incredible performance for them to, to lock and load like that for, for three hours and play that game and to yeah. have that kind of performance. And now that they're going to Arizona, it is entirely different mental state for them, Kiana, going there with a five and six record. And thinking we got a chance still. This is not over, versus a four and seven record, which it would not have been slammed shut on them, but the mathematics would have shown that it was that much harder. So, all things considered, that was a really important win they got Sunday in LA. Um, so this is why we had to have you on the podcast because you brought up some really great points. And I was going to ask you, have we ever witnessed anything like what the 49ers are going through right now in sports history? But 
as you just recalled, we're, we're seeing what's happening with these Toronto teams and also the Saints. I think that's a big one that a lot of us sometimes forget that team having to uproot and relocate due to Hurricane Katrina. Uh, so it, it has been done, but maybe not in this fashion that it's happened to the 49ers. 49ers literally get the news they're sitting on the plane getting ready to take off to that los angeles game you see phones starting to go off you see family members saying hey what's going on here the team goes into la not knowing if they're even going to be able to make it back home and uh they get that win over the rams you brought up that game and i just want to ask you what if you could point out what you learned about this team coming off of that week 12 win against the rams what would be that thing you learned about them that Robert Sala can figure out a way to defend people even without uh, some of the best players in the league at his disposal. And it was great to get Richard Sherman back. But the pass rush, uh, the quality of everything they did, their, their knowledge of how to stop that running game was just uh, really impressive. Uh, and they continue to do it. The development of, of young players like Kevin Givens and Javon Kinlaw uh, the, the continued, consistent, down-in and down-out performance of Kerry Hyder Jr. Yeah. has been remarkable. And Sherm's ability to adapt, uh, you know, he's not doesn't have the movement skill that he had when he was a younger man and doesn't have the movement skill that he had even earlier this year. And they switched the way they play defense this year to accommodate him, uh, going boundary and field and all that. They didn't do that in this game, but Sherm lined up eight yards off the line of scrimmage rather than opening up and playing his, his signature technique of bail technique, he did something even different, and he found a way to do it. His mind is so sharp. So just the ability of this team to defend, and we've seen it uh, at various times. The New Orleans game was a tremendously uh, impressive performance in light uh, of, the, of the injuries. Yeah. Uh, but to do it again against Jared Goff and have Jared Goff just – positively puzzled in the game. Uh, I think he was inaccurate a lot because he didn't know where to go with the ball a lot. He was confused by their pre-snap and post-snap move, but he didn't know where to go. So for, and we hope we don't lose Robert Sala. He's such a great coach and he's such a great person Absolutely. to be around. That he's, he's getting, I mean, moments like this where, and he's not a screaming or a yeller kind of guy. I'm sure and when they close the doors, he can. But he's a professional coach. He, he treats these guys like men. And the way he treats, I'm sure, his own children and the way he treats other people, there's a great civility to him. But his ability to teach and uh, all of it. So I think, obviously, getting the weapons back on offense. But I kind of expected that, to get a jolt, to get Raheem back, to get Debo back, to get Jeff Wilson Jr. back. I kind of thought that would happen. But the defense, to be able to really confuse uh, a high-level NFL offense like that was, wow. They, 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 they continue to do it more and more and better and better. And there were a couple of games where it got sideways, obviously. But uh, I, I just think despite all the losses here, to have a whatever they are, number six defense. But, you know, they scored on defense as well. Yeah. Just really impressive. So I hope we don't lose him. But in some regards, I do hope we lose him because I think they'll find someone to replace him. And, It'll be quality, but Robert Sala deserves to be a head coach in this league. There's no doubt about it. 
Absolutely. Uh, a lot of praise uh, coming from not just, you know, around the league, but also inside the 49ers locker room. Richard Sherman had high praise for uh, Robert Sala uh, saying that he deserves to be a head coach. And it looks like that's very likely, especially looking at some of these positions that have become open over the last few weeks. But a name that you brought up and I want to talk about him and on our other podcast, we have our 49ers Unscripted podcast. This was a quite a while back in the season, I got the chance to talk to Kerry Hyder, a name that you just brought up. And I asked him, you know, when he first signed with the 49ers this offseason, did you expect to kind of be in the role that you're in now? I mean, obviously, no one foresaw those injuries to Nick Bosa and D Ford. But did you think you would be playing as much as you are? And he said he had no idea. You know, if you would have told him that, he wouldn't have believed you. But he said he is so excited to be able to step up and play the way he's playing and to even have the 49ers organization believe in him uh, to be able to play at this level. So being that it's our You've Got Mail podcast, Greg, we have to answer some fan questions. So Tanner Smith from Ontario, Canada says, with Hyder and Javon Kinlaw playing so well, how do you picture we're – going, we're going ahead a little bit here, but he says, how do you picture next year's defensive line looking? Has anyone maybe become expendable now? Is there something that you may have learned about this D-line, uh, looking at how some of these guys have stepped up? Well, I, I, first and foremost, I hope they can bring Kerry back. Uh, they signed him to a one-year deal in late March. And with the roster bonus and um, the guaranteed salary, he's making a million and a half dollars. So they're going to have to resign him. Uh, I would offer him a contract right now uh, for a multi-year. He's not, you know, he's a good player, but I, we're in the middle of a pandemic here where they're rolling back the salary cap in this league. So it's Kerry Hyder. Right now, Kiana, he has seven and a half sacks. We got five games to go. I, I think he should be on the, we're not going to have a Pro Bowl game this year, but he should be chosen for the Pro Bowl this year. And he may get double digits. Now, does that mean if he gets 10 sacks, someone's going to offer him $10 million a year? I don't think so. Uh, I hope they do it for his own sake and his family's sake. But for the 49ers' sake, I hope they don't. And I hope they find a way to keep him here. So let's say Kerry does return. Then uh, Nick Bosa comes back next year. And I, you know, that's a bad injury, but players do come back from that injury. I'm a little worried in light of what happened to Clay Thompson and the Warriors that uh, something happens to Nick. But, uh, you know, Nick Bosa figures to be in the mix. Eric Armstead figures to be in the mix. Javon Kinlaw figures to be in the mix. Uh, DJ Jones figures to be in the mix. And then I'm hoping Kerry Hyder Jr. figures to be in the mix. I think Kevin Givens. You know, we talked about uh, everybody was so enthralled with the Kinlaw play. And that, that's a pick six, and they haven't had a defensive lineman, you know, return an interception around for a touchdown since Ray McDonald in 2010. But the real, the real genius on that play was the pass rush of Kevin Givens forced the mistake by Goff. So he's getting to be better and better and better. So I think that that's what you're looking at there, and they'll be able to find some guys. The big unknown will be D Ford and where he's at physically. Sounds like he's not coming back this year. Will he come back next year here or anywhere? What's what's going on with D's neck and back? And will he retire in the offseason? But I'm I, I I'm really I'm hoping, and I think it's just a question of dollars and cents, that they can re-sign Kerry Hyder Jr. You get Nick Bosa back, you've got Armstead back, you've got DJ Jones back, you've got Ken Law, 
Contavia Street. I think you've got enough there. You're going to have to add. And if D Ford does move on, either in his career or off this roster, uh, then I think you'd probably want to go out and get another edge rusher. And I think there's going to be a lot of players. Uh, we're seeing it in baseball this week with players being non-tendered. Because of the economics, there's no fans in the stands. There's some for some teams, but mostly it's very minuscule. They're losing. These teams are losing. 49ers are losing hundreds of millions of dollars, and so are a number of teams in this league. Maybe not quite that high, but high. There's going to be a lot of players cut. And after this season is over and before the new league year starts on March 17th on St. Paddy's Day, the month of February, maybe even sooner, whatever high-priced contracts they can get out from that they think they're not getting the return on, they're going to cut guys. And they do every year. But you're going to have a glut of really good football players to be bought. So I, I'm just naming the guys that are on the roster now that you want to retain. I think there'll be a lot of quality players to go out and be able to buy to add to it. But the key is Bosa. You got to get Bosa back. Uh, it's a bad injury, but it's not a terrible injury. He did it early in the year. If we start on time next year, then why wouldn't we after you got through this year on time? Yeah. Uh, can Nick start the year on time? So uh, I think Bosa is the key, but I want to keep Hyder uh, and then let some of these young guys begin to develop and, and, and take on a media role as well. Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure if everyone's been looking at social media, but every now and again, you'll see a, a Bosa sighting. Uh, there's yeah, a video yeah, that came out yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah, him doing a little bit of rehab. So uh, Nick Bosa... Uh, potentially could be making it back uh, by the start of the season. Just for me getting to know Nick Bosa, I feel like he's a guy that he is working overtime to make sure that week one, he is on the field for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, you don't get, you don't get quads like Nick Bosa is not working. <laughs> and I remember the, the state of the franchise that you and I did, and we had different panels for different position groups. My main takeaway from that whole experience, and we were on Zooms in our own homes, you know, but I felt, I almost felt heat coming through Nick's Zoom device, whatever he was using, where he was not, he, he thought last year was not a, uh, the rip-roaring success that we all thought it was because they lost at the end mm -hmm. because the last seven minutes and 13 seconds didn't go well. So I, that's why I felt like, you know, Super Bowl hangover, hell, they don't have a hangover. This team has unfinished business they want to take care of. And mainly it was because of Bosa. And the determination that he that he was exhibiting, I, you know, at times I thought, Nick, you realized you were the D, the rookie of the year last year on defense, right? You were that good of a player, and yeah, you know, he wanted to get better. So he's just, you know, he, look at his brother, look at his father, look at his uncle. I mean, this guy's not going to be satisfied till he has a Super Bowl ring. So I, I I have no doubt that he's working his butt off to try to come back and get over this injury. But it's a bad injury. It sets off a you know a chain of events. Uh, of other things that can happen, but he's the key piece. He, you know, they, these guys are all good players, but Nick Bosa is a game changer, a game wrecker. He's someone the other team has to account for constantly when they set their protection. It's all based on where's 97, how do we block him, how many guys do we need to block him, block him. a lot like Aaron Donald when you go to a game against him. So, yeah, I mean, uh, 
You just got to hope that he comes back and he stays back and all of his injuries are behind him. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember during State of the Franchise, I told Nick, you know, imagine like an angry Nick. Just imagine what an angry Nick will look like going into the season. And now uh, I feel like it's even double that because yeah. he is so eager to get back on that field. So uh, 49ers looking forward to getting Nick Bosa and this D-line back uh, next year. It'll be really interesting as, uh, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead. We, we still have a season that I feel like is still salvageable, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it will be interesting once uh, the season is over and the 49ers do start to look to 2021 uh, if there are any changes that come uh, especially keeping a guy like Harry Hyder. All right, so let's look ahead. 49ers are playing their first game in their new home, State Farm Stadium. They'll be or they're relocating to uh, Glendale, Arizona, to host their next two games against the Bills and the Washington Football Team. So we got the chance to talk to Kyle Shanahan and a couple of guys this week, and Kyle Shanahan said where they are right now. It's as good as it could have been considering the situation and the quick turnaround. Uh, 49ers team, um, their logistics team, being able to set this team up in the hotel out right. It's right next to the stadium. Uh, in the hotel, uh, Fred Warner said that he literally wakes up. He goes right down to have lunch or dinner. He goes right to another room to work out. Everything is central. It's right there. Is this giving you a little bit of training camp vibes, minus the guys being able to commune with one another, but having everybody here together, making everything so convenient for the guys, how do you think this is working out for this team as they prepare for Monday? Well, I don't know. I'm obviously not there, but based on what I've read and heard and talked to some people that are there, uh, this is a tough situation, and there's going to be periods where they're isolated and they missed their family and their loved ones. That's hard. Uh, so, I, but I think physically and and mentally to a degree where there's no there's no distractions. You're just locked in on football. Uh, it, it could result in this team reaching a higher level of play. And as far as the setup there, it's very much like they have at their own facility at 4949 where you have the, the building right there and the practice fields, you know, you're almost falling onto them. And then if you want to spread out more, you have, you know, you have Levi's as well. So this is something that they looked at going back. There was a time where they weren't certain they could have training camp be held in Santa Clara County. Mm -hmm. So they, they've already kind of looked into a, a little bit of this. That's why they were blindsided by the County, but they could react quickly to make it all work. So, uh, and, 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 you know, hats off to the Arizona Cardinals, who are a team that they're competing with. Uh, I think in this situation, we all got to pull together as one league, and they're not going to say no. Uh, but they've made it uh, very easy for the 49ers to be able to practice and uh, have a, you know, state-of-the-art four-star hotel uh, to house. And it's what they themselves use during training camp. So uh, it's state-of-the-art. As far as the stadium there, uh, it, it's hosted Super Bowls and big events. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a huge venue with multi uh, locker room facilities. Uh, the one thing that's obvious, it is a, a retractable roof. So this time of the year when it's not insufferably hot there, maybe for a night game, it's possible that roof is open uh, for the game on, on Monday night, depending on the weather situation there. Uh, the, the, as far as the playing field itself, uh, I, I remember when it first opened, the stadium opened, and they actually slide this field in and out yeah. Where, you know, it's a dome, so they close the roof and they want the grass to grow. So it's not field turf. It's a natural surface, natural, uh, natural grass surface 
that they actually roll out of the stadium. And I believe it was the first of its kind, certainly in North America. And because of that, they're able to nurture the grass. It is incredibly fast. It is a fast track. So a guy like Raheem Mostert, who was built on speed, but you don't want to have to run on field turf like what, you know, partly got him hurt in MetLife Stadium way back when. Uh, this is the best, where it's a fast track, but it's a natural grass field. The one thing that I wonder, Tiana, is that the Cardinals are playing the L.A. Rams Sunday afternoon on that field. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to slide a whole new field in with the 49ers and Buffalo Bills on Monday night? Or is that field going to be a little chewed up and have some divots in it? So uh, these are all things you look at. But it is an NFC West venue. So the 49ers do play there annually. So Robbie Gold knows how the ball flies there, if the roof is open, how uh, will that impact it. So, and it's great lighting in there, very balanced. So I think all everything as far as, you know, where they practice, where they sleep, where they eat, where they train, the proximity to everything, having uh, practice fields right by the hotel, all of it could not be a better situation because you want the guys, you know, to stay put. You don't want them to have to go to, uh, Phoenix to uh, to find a field to work at and move around there. You want them to stay safe and stay uh, locked in on the task at hand. So uh, I don't know. There's probably outside of staying in Santa Clara County and staying in their homes, you could not find a more ideal situation than what they found. And it's not that they just got lucky. It's that these great facilities exist. They looked into it proactively ahead of time if they had to do something for training camp. And when things went the way they did on Saturday afternoon, they were able to quickly, you know, pounce on the situation there. Yeah. And again, much, much credit to the 49ers logistics team, being able to pack up a team in day's oh. notice and relocate them uh, to Glendale, Arizona. Um, I, I couldn't even imagine what they're going through right Riz now. Riz and Slap, just incredible. I'm trying to stay away from those guys this week because I know they're going crazy. So S a lot of work, a lot of work. Yeah. Same here. Might have to send them a, a pack of beers or something just to give them a, a big thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you brought up this track, and it, it's a, a ideal track for a guy like Raheem Mostert. And not just Raheem Mostert. I want to talk about 49ers getting Brandon Ayuk back. I missed a Ooh. couple of games. Uh, so he will be playing with Debo Samuel and Raheem Mostert for just, get this, I believe it's just the third time this season. Yes. That all three have taken the field together. What are you hoping to see out of this offense against Buffalo? Explosiveness. And Buffalo's uh, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, their coordinator, they know what they're doing. Uh, but Buffalo does play a lot of zone. And they do play uh, a lot of off coverage in their zone. Even though I think Tredavious White, the one corner, could easily play more up on the line, press man. Josh Norman played for Coach McDermott at Carolina. He's used to playing a little bit off. Uh, if they do that against the 49ers, uh, then they're going to leave them opportunities for even more so run after catch. Because uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of a cushion. What Buffalo's thinking is play top down, kind of like the 49ers do with their cover three. Then you got to rally up and tackle. But if you give these guys uh, open area to be able to either juke you or in Debo's case, just run right through you. And he had a couple of uh, plays on Sunday at SoFi that just blew me away. My goodness. I, 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 there was one, like a, a four-yard little sit-down route out to the left. And I, I counted maybe five or six tackles he broke. I called him Debo Pinball. 
as he was just bopping off the guys. It seemed like half the Rams' defense had a shot at him, and they couldn't put him down. Mm-hmm. He's just incredible. And Ayuk does it in a different way with his long legs and long arms, and he chews up ground, but he's fast, and he'll run right through you as well. Or as we saw against Philadelphia and Marcus Epps, just jump right over you. So I, I think the pairing, to get these guys in consecutive drafts, Debo in the second round, Ayuk in the first round. I, I'm not saying they're going to be Jerry Rice and John Taylor. No one would be that foolish because those guys are – John Taylor may be the best number two there's ever been, and Jerry is the best number one. But they really do mesh well together, where Ayuk is the classic X-wide receiver, where he's the split end. He's up on the line of scrimmage. Debo is the classic Z-wide receiver, the flanker, the one that's the move guy. Uh, taking all the jet sweep action or the orbit motion going behind the quarterback in the back, or you could flip them and let them do both. Uh, so I think they're, they're just starting. They're just starting. And I'm, I remember talking to you on the practice field during training camp. And I told you that Ayuk I thought was more advanced as a route runner than Debo. And uh, there's no question he is as a rookie. He'll get better as he goes. Debo's development is going to be the refinement of route running. Because right now, he's basically a, a running back playing wide receiver. But what a running back he is. He looks like Derrick Henry, the way he runs over people, or Earl Campbell, or Larry Zonka, or Mike Allstott, or any of the great tackle-breaking uh, backs that have played. The guy is just incredible, the way he, he breaks tackles. So the two of them together, and then he hit Raheem's just pure speed, like that touchdown he scored at SoFi. Troy Hill kind of got caught peeking inside a little bit. And if you make one little alignment error, he's going to beat you to the edge. So you better beat you better beat him off at the pass because if you're even, he's leaving. Or if you're back inside too much, it's over. You're not going to catch him. He outruns angles. So, And then when you get Kittle back, Kiana, and you get Hummin, and, uh, you know, I, I think they need a little more of a slot presence. But Kendrick has shown some quality toughness here, uh, making really hard contested catches. And then Richie, ever since the Packer game, oh, man. he's been playing more and more. So he could be that third guy. And then Trent's always there, and we'll see what else they do. But uh, wait till they get Kittle back. And then when Garoppolo comes back, and he's the one triggering it, Nick's doing a good job right now. So, yeah. And they're young. Ayuka Debo are just babies. They're just starting. And George is young. George is a young player. And Raheem's young. So they're they're – uh, they're they're a now team. There's no question they're defending NFC champions. But I think they're going to be a team that's going to be reckoned with, certainly with those pieces on offense or on the quarterback position for many, many years to come. Wow. So I, I initially when I asked this question, I was excited about just getting Debo and, and Ayuk on the field together. And now you just open it up to looking later on down the year where Kyle Shanahan said there is the potential. He, he's not – it's not certain, but he said he's holding out hope to get both Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle back in the fold, uh, especially say the 49ers do come out on the winning side of these next few matchups where these last few games, uh, their postseason hopes will rely on these last few games. Uh, so it will be exciting to see George Kittle back Jimmy Garoppolo and the rest of the squad. So something that we're, we're, we're pinning, we're, we're, we're keeping it close to the to the back of the mind, but not too far back uh, as we look ahead. But all right, Jim Owens from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, said, realizing that it's about one game at a time, 
What's the mindset going down this last stretch of the season? Do you see every game going forward as a must win game in order to make the playoffs or can this 49ers team afford to lose a game? Maybe. How do you see this, Greg? Um, well, they got six losses right now. So Kyle always bases it on 10 wins. So if you get to a seventh loss, you're not getting the 10 wins. But I, 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 I think this is different because, because of the extra playoff team. And I think it's possible that uh, – well, first of all, are seven going to make it in each conference or eight? If there's eight, yeah. then I think eight and eight could be in play. If there's seven, then I think seven losses could be in play and nine and seven. So I think I, – I don't think they necessarily have to run the table, but I think they've, uh, they've only got a couple of mulligans left to use. And I don't want to say you, you pick or choose what game you lose – but the, the NFC games are clearly more important. Yeah. Uh, it's going to come down to a tiebreaker. No one's going to win this outright. You're going to win this based on tiebreakers. And they take the NFC first. Uh, if you're vying for the NFC West, it's the, you know, it's the NFC West and it's the common opponents. But when you get into the overall NFC and you're competing with teams in other divisions, the NFC record is critical. So if there's one game, that if I had to pick, say they they go four and one these last five games, what game am I picking? They lose Buffalo. And you you want to win the last four all in the NFC, and that'll give you a much better NFC record. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think this Buffalo game is going to be hard. Uh, the 49ers don't, don't play them very often, obviously. Kyle does know Sean McDermott from their times together against each other in the NFC South. Kyle in Atlanta, obviously, is the OC. And Coach McDermott is the D.C. in Carolina. So they, they've gone against each other. It's more the structure of the defense. So he does know them. But you don't know Josh Allen. You haven't been in a field with this guy. I think they're good. I, I think they, they – uh, Kansas City and Pittsburgh has everybody's attention. But I would not be shocked if Buffalo figured out a way at least to get into the AFC title game. Uh, so they're good. Uh, and Washington has dramatically improved. And what a story that's going to be with Alex. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, I, I'd say you have one more slip up in you, uh, and you could maybe get in with seven losses. If you lose twice more and go three and two, then you have to hope that some some games don't get played, and they may add an eighth playoff team in each conference. Then you could wiggle in. So uh, I, I think they have one mulligan left, uh, Keon. I don't want it to be Monday. I want them to beat the Bills. But if there's one that I would pick, it'd be obviously the, the AFC loss would be more palatable when you size up uh, the tiebreakers in the NFC. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. When you look at the 49ers getting players back like that Debo, Debo Samuel this last week, Richard Sherman, Raheem Mostert, you see an uptick in play. Uh, getting some more weapons back this week. We just talked about Brandon Ayuk, DJ Jones being another. So who knows? I'm just saying, looking, I know this, this week 13 game, it's definitely a tough matchup for the 49ers. But as they continue to get players back and continue to get healthy, they might be able to go 5-0 and during the stretch. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but you never know. Um, well, I, I- they could win every single game, right? No doubt. I mean, they could lose every game by the nature of who they're playing, but I they could easily win every single game. And keep in mind, Buffalo's—they were just in the stadium a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that was the Hale Murray, the Kyler Murray throw to DeAndre Hopkins, and Buffalo's three best defensive 
players. They're, they're two great safeties, Hyde and Poyer, and their best corner, Tredavious White, couldn't get up there and make a play, and they had their hearts broken. So yeah. uh, they are returning to the scene of the crime, as one uh, questioner posed it to Coach McDermott. So when they walk back in this place, they're going to go, oh, no, not this place again. Bills probably more than likely want to wash that taste out of their mouth uh, from that Hill Murray uh, at State Farm Stadium. Just it was, I believe, week ten. Uh, they had their bye uh, week eleven, yeah. so uh, just about two games ago for them. But looking at this Bills offense, you look at Stephon Diggs. That name says enough. You know what he is capable of. He actually almost won that game for the for. Uh, for the Bills, he had a catch. I believe it was like under 40 seconds left in that game to take the lead, and that's when Kyler Murray uh, came back down the field and threw that miraculous catch or had that miraculous throw. Uh, so Stephon Diggs, you look at Cole Beasley, who is just sneaky good, I feel like. Um, and then you have Josh Allen uh, under center taking strides. How do you see the 49ers countering this passing attack? Well, you know I'm from Buffalo, right? And, uh, and I'm not, so I don't think is, I knew that. Yeah, I'm from Buffalo. So this is, uh, this is always a hard game Oof. for me to announce. There are moments where I, I get a little confused, like, what team am I working for? Oh, boy, I better – I got to pay attention here. It's a hard game for me because uh, I do love this franchise. I have great respect for them. Um, and they're, they're, they're revitalized. And they, they, I thought they were going to beat New England last year and win the NFC, AFC East. Uh, but I think they're going to do it this year. They've not won their own division in 25 years. Yeah. So this quarterback is, uh, he's young and he's vulnerable to mistakes. And if the 49ers found a way to confuse Jared Goff, I think there's a way to confuse Josh. Uh, he's still young. He's, he's highly inaccurate at times. He has an incredible arm. The guy is big and strong. He has as powerful of his arm uh, as anybody in the league. And then he's just a big, strong runner as well. He's more like Cam as a runner than. Kyler or Russ, and that he's so strong. He's kind of built like Roethlisberger, but he has, I think he has even a, a stronger arm. Uh, and they run a lot of design quarterback runs, especially on third down and in the red zone, and especially goal-to-goal situations, he will run. And they will run quarterback sweeps. They will run quarterback draws where he hits his back foot and he's gone. And it's not that he just didn't see his first read. It's all designed. Mm-hmm. And Brian Dable is their offensive coordinator, and he is a tricky guy. They will they will throw the ball to the quarterback. They will have wide receivers throwing to wide receivers. They do it all. They they like and they do jet sweep motion like the 49ers do with Debo every single play with uh, Isaiah McKenzie number 19. Uh, Stephon Diggs is an interesting player to me. When I look at his skills, I don't I don't see a great great athlete like a. I don't know, a DK Metcalf who's just so big and strong or some of these wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins. And like, how do you match up with these guys? Just physically, they're so difficult to deal with. But Stephon Diggs has a smooth quality about him that he's just able to uncover. And he's clearly the go-to guy. They feed him the ball a lot. And the 49ers saw him in the season opener in 2018 when he was a Minnesota Viking. and He was a problem. So, and they got Cole Beasley in the slot. He's just a little tricky in and out kind of guy. Uh, they have had some injuries. John Brown, Smoke Brown, former Arizona Cardinal, one of the fastest receivers in football is hurt. Uh, but Gabriel Davis is elevated, uh, a young receiver that actually caught a, 
touchdown pass that was thrown by the other receiver, Cole Beasley, the good player. So they, they've got weapons. they got two big backs. Uh, neither one has breakaway speed, Devin Singletary or, uh, Devin Singletary or the rookie Zach Moss. But they're, between the tackles, kind of bangers. So to me, and they got a good, good core tight ends led by Dawson uh, Knox. To me, the key is the quarterback, obviously, not letting him run all over you in certain situations. And then having a plan for, for Diggs on all downs and Beasley out of the slot on third down. But Jimmy Ward gives you a whole new wrinkle. And that, you know, K1 probably won't go in this game. And you, know, you lose your Mark Taylor with the ACL last week. Emmanuel Mosley will go in there a lot on Monday night. But they also can bring in Jimmy Ward uh, in certain defensive calls where he can man match as a nickel corner. And I can see him being physical and, and really being uh, a difficult uncover for Cole Beasley. So this Buffalo offense is good. Their defense has been vulnerable to get run on. But they got good players on defense. It's a good team, Keanu. They're eight and three. Yeah, they're one of the best teams in football right now. And they they were four and zero, and they lost a weird Tuesday game to Tennessee, and then they lost to Kansas City on a on a Monday night game, and then they lost on the Hail Murray. And if that play doesn't happen, they're they're nine and two. Yeah. And the two losses were to two of the best teams in the AFC. So they haven't had a game where just a bad team, you know, uh, beat them. They They've been beaten by quality. So the 49ers have to be quality to beat this team on Monday night. Talk about what Josh Allen can do with his legs. We know that's been the 49ers kryptonite, especially earlier in the season as we watch some of those games against guys like Kyler Murray um, and uh, Russell Wilson and a couple of other guys. But, uh, okay, we talked about Josh Allen, this high-powered Bills offense, going against the 49ers and their top, 10 defense you brought up a couple names one being jimmy ward and cole beasley uh is there a matchup to watch here what's your matchup to watch with the bills offense against our defense yeah Uh, overall we can make it overall what do you think mcglinchy against jerry hughes Mm. does concern me a little bit and i love mike but if he's vulnerable to anything it's speed and jerry hughes uh Number 55, he's been in Buffalo for a long time. They've had some good pass rushers. He's one of the top pass rushers in the history of the franchise there. He's just so fast. Um, on the other side of it, uh, Diggs, how you want to match up with him. Uh, because he, I mean, he's got 80 catches. I think he's second in the league in catches, and he's by far their number one guy. Yeah. So from their offense – smooth quality to him I think the key with him is tackling him after he makes the catch but uh I think Barrett will be a good matchup for him I think I, you know Sherm is playing off a lot now he's he's down he's sitting up at about eight yards and uh, Buffalo likes to run you know quick smoke routes to these guys and run after catch a little bit so I mean they're the quarterback is the guy you got to deal with and there will be designed runs for him but I think they're their most dynamic offensive player is Stephon Diggs. So you, you got to have a plan. And I don't know if it's just, you know, one guy has to match up with him. McGlinchey will block Jerry Hughes almost all day because Jerry Hughes does line up at left defensive end, which is over Mike's position, which is right offensive tackle. So that, that matchup will be an all-day sucker. With Stephon Diggs, they'll be able to move him around and sometimes put him in the slot, sometimes stack him to be able to find the matchup they want. Because the 49ers typically don't have players travel with another guy. So that's more of a, 
you know, all 11 guys, 22 eyeballs on where is 14. And then just the, the uncommon arm strength of Allen. He'll make a throw where he rolls all the way to his right and throws back across the numbers left. Like, you know, like nobody can, I, I can move off this hash a little bit now because no human being can throw the ball like that. Kind of like John Elway used to do in Denver. And he'll make a throw which like, whoa, where did that come from? He may have, Mahomes has a whippy special arm on all different types of arm angles. And Justin Herbert in L.A. with the Chargers is an amazing thrower. But as far as just, uh, I wonder if you put Josh Allen uh, on the goal line, if he could not throw the ball to the other end zone, if you let him get a shot at it. Steve Bartkowski years ago uh, threw a football 104 yards. I think I think this guy could come close to that. I think he has that kind of arm. So he kind of he kind of overthrows your what's humanly possible when you're playing defense. Where how did that ball get over my head? That's not even possible. A human can do that. So Allen's arm strength, talent, and obviously digs and tackling those big backs as well. 49ers hosting the Buffalo Bills Monday night. They're on primetime Monday night football. Uh, not at home, Levi Stadium, but their new home, State Farm Stadium. It's going to be a tough one for uh, Greg Papa, a guy who is from Buffalo. Gonna might be a little confused, so don't, don't be no. alarmed. You're not going to hear any touchdown bills, no. It's going <laughs> to be – although I may have to break out one time, Kiana. A uh -oh. touchdown – Arizona! No, no, I'm very confused. I'm very confused here. No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Are they the Arizona 49ers? I don't know. Wow. I don't really know what to call them They're right the now. San Francisco 49ers. They're okay. temporarily are playing in Glendale, Arizona. That's what they are. Yeah. There we have it. Greg Papa, <laughs> last thing. Do we have a bold prediction for this game before we let you go? Ah, bold? You want boldness? I want bold. Well, I'm 49ers going to win the game. Do you want to score or what do you want? Ooh, um, uh, uh, I, don't I don't know. know. You can, you can take high scoring or low scoring. Buffalo gives it up a little bit, but the 49ers defense is so good that I don't see Buffalo rolling up. I'd say like 24, 21, something like that. Well, 49ers. I don't know. I'd take two nothing. What does it matter? Just find a way to get to 500, right? That's the key. That's the key. 49ers want to get to 500. They have a chance to do that this Monday. Greg Papa, who will be calling the game, you can uh, listen in on him uh, with our 49ers partner, KNBR. Uh, Greg Papa, it is always a pleasure having you. We appreciate your insight, and we are looking forward to hearing that touchdown call, whether it be touchdown San Francisco, <laughs> touchdown Arizona. As long no. as it is for the 49ers, we no. are all for it. It'll be touchdown San Francisco in Arizona. No, I'm not going to. They're the San Francisco 49ers. We know who they are, right? The five-time Super Bowl champions. We know who they are. There we go. Reigning NFC champs right here. All right, yes. Papa, appreciate having you and uh, looking forward to hearing you on, on Monday. Oof. Kiana, that was so much fun. I love that was a lot of fun. Football with you. I